0: Voices. i hope you guys can hear me i was trying the sound earlier um i think it's uh, it's okay now i'm sorry about that technology you know how that goes but like i was saying before you know when i was talking to myself because you guys couldn't hear me <laughs> i was sharing with you guys that this portion it's very um powerful it's very important just like every portion but this book the book of Leviticus that we're going to be touching on tonight for this portion it's actually a very hard to swallow book and misunderstood book for many and it actually was for me at one point in my life um, until I came to Torah and um, it, it's a it, it's a blessing and to be able to read it now and 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 see and, and 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 understand where the lord is trying to take us and what he's what he's trying to teach us in this book um this book speaks about a lot of things that we as human do not want to hear or follow and um that is why it's a book that that is very challenging it's a very challenging book but i i pray and i hope that you all have your bibles and that You guys can all follow along with the verses so that way we can understand. This portion, it's about the name of this Torah portion tonight. It's Vajikra, which translates to, and he called. And um, that's going to be in the book of Leviticus 1.1 through 5.17. Isaiah 43 21 through forty four twenty three, 23 and the book of Hebrew 10 5 to 25 and we are going to close with that verse very important again the parasha for tonight is Vajikra translates to and he called please please if you have your bibles follow along with the verses um This portion actually speaks about the different offerings that the Lord asked um, Moses to instruct the Israelites to to follow or to bring before him. And um, those offerings are the burnt offering, the grain offering, the fellowship offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering. If you guys follow our services, our Shabbat services, um, Pastor Leo actually has touched on all all these offerings. Um, I encourage you to, if you have not, go back to our YouTube um, teachings are recorded there. And he actually went more in depth, you know, when it comes to these offerings. These portions, we only have one hour to share, so we cannot touch the most important points. But Pastor Leo actually went through each and every one of these offerings in detail and it was very powerful. I encourage you all to go back and watch it. Amen. Let's go ahead and start with prayer. And please, if you have your Bible, get ready because we are going to read. Out of all those offerings, we're going to touch three or four of them because I want to go to the book of Hebrew and be able to touch on that as well. Amen. Abba Father, thank you for this hour that you have granted us to be able to share your word, to learn from your word. I pray, Lord, that you speak to us through this teaching. I, first and foremost, I ask you to take over my emotions, take over my words. May your words be the one coming out of my mouth, Lord. Help me to read your word, understand it, and transmit it exactly the way you left the written, Lord. I pray, Lord, that everyone that connects now and that will connect later on receive the message that you have for us tonight, Lord, with this portion. And I pray that you speak to us when it comes to the sacrifices, Lord. That even though we do not have a physical temple now, we do have to offer our temple as a living sacrifice. Help us understand that tonight, Lord. And help us to walk in obedience to your word. Help us to follow your son, Yeshua, the way he said to do so, Lord. Not as just a follower, but as a a disciple. Help us, Lord. Help us, Holy Holy Spirit. And help us to understand your message tonight, Lord. Take control of this hour. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. in In your son, Yeshua's name, amen. Amen and amen. Again, shalom everyone. My name is Jenny. I'm going to be sharing the information for our church and the services that we currently conduct before we start in case I don't have time at the end. We are In One Spirit Miami Church located in 5921 Northwest 176th Street, unit or number 6 In Hialeah, Florida, 33015. And um, we do congregate every Saturday. We have our Shabbat services at 11 a.m. for worship. And as of 11.30 a.m., we go live on YouTube. And just like I'm doing now, every Thursday evening at 8 p.m., a different sister will share the Torah portion for the week. I encourage you all to connect and follow along. With all the teaching and the services that we have, um, they are very powerful and very, very. How can I say? It's it's a great discipline to follow. This in with these portions that we teach, we 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 see how our Father, you know, um, his intention is to discipline us, and um, if you like that. I encourage you to log in every week and follow every Torah portion. Amen? Let's start with this parasha for tonight. The name of the parasha is Vajikra, and that stands for And He Called. It translates to And He Called. Very important to remember that because this portion, I believe it's it's all about God calling us to draw near him. Amen. Uh, we're going to be reading in the book of Leviticus 1, 1 through 5, 17. Isaiah 43, 21 through forty four twenty three, 23. And Hebrew 10, 5, 25. This portion, it's about the system, the sacrificial system. Um the sacrificial offerings, which is in the Hebrew word korban. That's K-O-R-B-A-N. And sacrifices in scriptures is not something new, okay? But it's a huge part of scripture. Um, now that we're reading, um, now that we're learning the Torah, we can see that it it's actually a, a huge part of scripture, the the sacrifices that were made for the Lord and in the way that they were made and the instructions that the Lord gave for those sacrifices to be brought before him. We see that um, in the story of Cain and Abel, very important. That's how we know that it's not anything new. And we see it with Yeshua himself that he was our ultimate sacrifice. Amen. But as we read along, we will understand why in this book, the book of Leviticus, these offerings, um, they have to do with sacrificing an animal. They have to do with um, the shedding of blood. They have to do with laying hands um, on the head of each sacrifice. And we'll see why that is. Also, this portion, we see that all the animals, they all had to be clean, no defect at all, okay? Very important to remember that. And another thing that we must remember is that even though we're going to be reading about the animals and the way that they're being sacrificed to be brought before the Lord because they, the Israelites either violated the law or committed sin, And that was a way for the Lord to call them near Him. Remember, the intention, as we go on, you're going to see in this Torah portion that the only intention that God had for the Israelites and for you and me today, it was to draw His people near Him, to bring them close at whatever cost. Amen? And also, ever since I came to Torah, you know, I opened to the teachings of Torah, I noticed and I realized that in since the beginning, God has always present to the Israelites um, what was to come for them, which was the ultimate sacrifice, Yeshua. He did it in many different ways. You know, we see it with different elements. We see it with animals. We see it with, with different things. But when we truly read upon it, And we go deep we can find joshua all over those elements and and things and objects that the lord used to to present this um this offering or whatever the case is depending on the book that we're reading in the torah but it it always it always seems like that's what he was doing you know and it's sad that they missed the mark they they actually didn't realize it and even today some people still don't you know very sadly some people still don't see it that way they don't see that joshua is the torah but god's will god's will will be done in his perfect timing amen and all knee will bow and we'll all will confess the name of the one the one that's coming for one church amen the one that's coming for israel whether you recognize it or not whether it's being revealed to you or not he's coming for that one israel and that is us amen so we're gonna start reading in the book of leviticus i'm gonna start with the burnt offering and i'm gonna be reading from one through five okay um i want you guys to notice that i'm gonna read a little bit of every offering and the reason being is because every offering contains, it relates to an animal, first of all. We're gonna see that, that it always had to do with bringing an animal. We're gonna see that every offering, there had to be uh, blood shedding in every offering. We're gonna see that every offering, they had to be the laying hands on the animal. And we're gonna see That in every offering, the Lord always asked for an animal without any defect, okay? So all those things relate to all the offerings, except for one, which is the grain offering. And that one, we're going to touch on, and we're going to read a different verse there, just so we can see how wonderful the word of God is the grain offering it's it's amazing and we're going to compare the sin offering to the guilt offering so we can see how they relate and how there is no coincidence in the word of God amen so let's go ahead and start reading Leviticus 1 I'm going to read from 1 through 5 first and then we are going to touch on that amen the Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring, a, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. If the offering it is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. He must present it at the entrance of the tent of meeting, so so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He is to slaughter the young bull before the Lord, and then Aaron's son, the priest, shall bring the blood and sprinkle it against the altar on all sides at the entrance of the tents of meeting. On all sides. Let's move down to verse 10. And it says, if the offering is burnt, offering from the flock, from either the sheep or the goat he is to offer a male without defect here we see it again he is to slaughter it at the north side of the altar before the lord and aaron's son the priest shall sprinkle its blood against the altar on all sides on all sides now if we see Let's move on to the, if we see the same offering, we're going to see the same pattern here. Let's read from verse one. I'm going to read until verse, I'm going to read from one through eight. I'm reading on the sin offering now. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, When anyone sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, he must bring to the Lord a young bull without defect as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He is to present the bull at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord. He is to lay his hand, you will see it again, on its head and slaughter it before the Lord. Then the anointed priest shall take some of the bull's blood and carry it into the tent of meeting. He is to dip his finger into the blood and sprinkle some of it seven times before the Lord in front of the curtain of the sanctuary. The priest shall then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense that is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. Okay, we see here that these sacrifices are including the killing of an animal basically and the shedding of their blood okay and if we read in the offering the fellowship offerings will be the same thing it's the same process in different ways that the lord instructed um, moses to tell the israelites now the question is you might ask yourself why does god need a sacrifice The word sacrifice comes from that from the Hebrew word korbanot, that it's in plural. It's sacrifices. Korbanot is K-O-R-B-A-N-O-T. And first of all, God does not need any sacrifice from us. He doesn't need anything from us. To be clear on that, okay? He simply finds ways to draw us near Him, okay? He finds ways in His great mercy, even when we violate His law. You know, through the consequence, He finds ways to draw us near Him. Okay? Now, if we get into the Hebrew definition of the word sacrifice, which is korban, the word comes from the root word karav, K-A-R-A-V which means to come close or to draw near, okay? So now we see just that word sacrifice alone is telling us, is letting us know what God's intention is. His intention is to draw the Israelites near, close to him. That is why that word korban, sacrifice, comes from that root word karab, which means to come close or to draw near, okay? When we try to understand this in the Hebraic perspective, we see that korban is actually an act that allows us to draw near God. When we bring our sacrifices to God, all we're doing is acting on that korban, on that word that comes from the root word, karat, which is to draw. Near him. Okay? And that word is actually connected to teshuba, which means to return. And what do we do when we draw near to God? When we want to come close to God, what do we do? We always ask for forgiveness, don't we? We repent if we have for short. And we return. And that's how we understand that we are drawing near to god amen as we all know we do not have a physical temple anymore that is true that is correct we do not have to do or bring all these sacrifices before the lord praise the lord and we are grateful for yeshua because we do not have to do that anymore however we do have a temple that we do have to present to the Lord as a living sacrifice. And the word tells us to do that. And that is our temple, our body, okay? And our temple has sacrifices to bring before the Lord, believe it or not. We can bring our gratitude. We can bring our thanksgiving. We can bring our testimony. We can bring our heart, very important. And we can bring our obedience. Exactly all the things that Yeshua did as an example for us to honor the Father. Amen. I was reading the book, A Taste of Torah, that I usually read when I'm preparing this teaching for the Torah portion. And it says the best there. It says that in our human brokenness and sin, It is we who stand in need of an atoning korban. And that cannot be more true. Because we are the one. When we bring our temple as a living sacrifice to the Lord, when we repent, when we confess our sin, we are delivered and we are drawing ourselves near to God. Meaning that he can actually be near us. Because that's what the word says, draw near to him so he can draw near to us. And we're going to understand this in the book of Hebrew when we read at the end. Because when I was reading that, that can be why a lot of people don't see it or understand it that way. Let's move on to Leviticus 4, 1 through 5. We're going to read about 4, 1 through 5. And then we're going to go back to the grain offering. Okay, we're going to read about the sin offering. I, I just read it. We're going to read again verse 3. And then we're going to compare that to the guilt offering. So we're going to read Leviticus. We're going to read 5, 14 through 17. No, let's read four, yeah, 14 through 18. Um, let's do, let's read four one, one one through four, and then we're going to compare it to Leviticus five, 14 through 18. Okay. And the sin offering, it says, Leviticus four, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt, on the people, he must bring to the Lord a young bull without defect as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. We're going to stop right there. Remember, if the anointed priest sins, bringing what to the people? Bringing guilt on the people. Okay, now let's read Leviticus 5. And let's read, let's start reading 14, verse 14. Remember, in the sins offering, we just read that if the anointed priest sins, he brings guilt to the people, okay? Let's see what he says here about the priest. The Lord said to Moses, when a person commits a violation and sins, unintentionally in regard to any of the Lord's holy things he is to bring to the Lord as a penalty a ram from the flock one without defect and of the proper value in silver according to the sanctuary's checkum, it is a guilt offering he must make restitution for what he has failed to do in regard to the holy things Add a fifth of the value to that and give it all to the priest who will make atonement for him with the ram as a guilt offering and he will be forgiven. He will be forgiven. If a person sins and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands, even though he does not know it, he is guilty and will be held responsible. He is to bring to the priest as a guilt offering a ramp from the flock, one without defect and of the proper value. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him for the wrong he has committed unintentionally, and he will be forgiven. Here we see the difference. Amen. We see the impact of the priest that that's in covenant, that stayed in covenant, and we see the impact of the priest that broke the covenant. See how in the sins of in the sin offerings, the, the anointed priest by sinning. He brought guilt to the people, but the one that stayed in covenant, he brought forgiveness to the people, and that is something that we see nowadays. Nowadays, we see leaders, we see people that God entrust with their with his chiefs. We see people that God gives them the, how can I say it? Because he's the only powerful, but gives them the, the privilege, I would say, the calling to be able to lead others, to be able to teach his word to others. And they do not present their temple as a living sacrifice. Because they break their covenant, and what happens? I've seen how when they break their covenant, they commit a sin, they bring guilt to the people. I've seen it many times. And when I read this, I said, wow, Lord, this actually, that actually happens now. And you might ask yourself, "What? why do people feel guilt when they were not the one that committed the sin? You know why? Because they might have been around it. And now we understand it here, why they could feel that guilt. And you know that when when we sin, the first thing that the enemy does is put that guilt in us. The first thing that he makes sure to do is to plant that guilt in our minds to the point where people do not even see the need of confessing their sins or coming clean before the Lord because they feel so guilty that they don't see the point of it and the enemy is the one that does that you know why because the enemy knows that if you confess your sin if you teshuva if you return from your wicked ways you will be forgiven so make sure that your sin you confess them to the Lord And make sure that your sin doesn't make you guilty to the point of not doing that. Because that's where your deliverance is. That's where you can draw near God. And that's where you can be delivered from that sin. And one story in the Bible that can show that best for us is the story of the the adultery woman. When, when they were accusing her, and Yeshua himself, mind you, Yeshua being the grace, Yeshua being the mercy, okay, Yeshua being the korban, the sacrifice, Yeshua himself told the lady that I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read it for you guys. Because I know we quote this a lot, but we don't read the whole verse. And that's in, the, in John 8:11. That he said to the woman to go now after he forgave her. He, he, he said to her, Go now and leave, leave your life of sin. Other version says, Um, go. From now on, sin no more. Okay? Meaning she had to test you about return. There was an action she had to make. Okay. So when we sin, or better said, when we sin, we cannot purify our hearts with words alone. Okay. Corresponding actions are necessary. And that is what we see in this portion with all these instructions that the Lord gave the Moses for the Israelites, how they were going to bring these sacrifices before him for the for the committed sin, we see that in those instructions, they, they, there are corresponding, corresponding actions that they had to make, okay? So it wasn't just, you know, you're forgiven, um, go and come back next week. Yeshua didn't say that to the woman. He said, go and sin no more. Meaning, she had to make an action after that. Because I'm pretty sure if if it was a sin that she was committing for a long time, she was probably used to it. And it was probably the normal for her. So she was going to have to make the sacrifice of crucifying her flesh to follow the instructions that Yeshua gave her. And that's exactly what happens to us. Yeshua went to the cross. And he shed his blood for our sins, okay? But our duty in return to his sacrifice should be to have reverence for that sacrifice. Meaning that we do not sin on purpose. That we do not sin knowing. That we do not sin um, under the impression that because he went to the cross, it is okay to do so. Because if that was the case, why did he even go to the cross? Just think about that. If it was going to be okay for God to see us sin over and over and over and over again, and just come to him, say, forgive us, Lord, and then keep doing it over and over and over again, then why would he send his son, his only begotten son, to shed his blood for us? If we were still going to be doing it. And again we're gonna understand that in the book of hebrew when we read at the end amen now i was asking myself why did god use animals why not other elements why not other things why animals why there had to be blood why the parts of the animal that had to be sacrificed why in the way that it was done okay and I was comparing the animals and us as human. And one thing that we have to remember is that God created us in his image and likeness, okay? Which is something that we do not share with animals, okay? Animals are his creation, but we are created in his image and his likeness. So when we sin, we actually actually turning against our, our real... um against our true self, against that thing, that that one creation that we were created for, okay? So God created us to operate under his image and likeness. And when we sin, we violate that. We, We go against that. We turn against our true self. And if you think about it, then we operate in our animal level. If we can say it that way, meaning without reasoning, meaning without understanding, without obedience, without knowing, isn't that what animals do? Because animals, even if you teach them to obey, they have a a nature that when it has to come out, it comes out, regardless of what you have taught the animal. Okay, because they have no reasoning, and that's what we do. When we sin constantly and knowingly and we just decide to turn away from our true self. That's what happens when we sin. And I believe that's why the animal and that's why the blood shedding. The sacrifice of the animal and the shedding of the blood actually made restitution for the sinner. If you think about it, the way God instructed Moses to tell them, you know, to bring the animal. First of all, it has to be without defect. Um, we read in Leviticus 1, it has to be a male, okay? And the blood, the blood makes a huge impact in these offerings, in all of them, okay? And isn't that what Yeshua did for us? He won, he offered himself, Okay. Um, His blood had to be shed and we didn't have to put our hands in his head but he did get a crown of thorn on his head and that's how he knew that he was carrying the sin of humanity. All these sacrifices here, everyone had to lay their hands and I asked myself, Why was that? Why they had to lay their hands, besides killing the animal, sacrificing the animal, we see the shedding of the blood, and then they had to lay their hands. Okay? And I was, as I was reading and kind of picturing why would that be done that way? And then it came to mind that Yeshua actually, they they had placed a crown of thorns on his head. Okay. As a sign of carrying our 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 sins and you know being our atonement. And if you think about it, it can be because by doing that, you actually are recognizing that that could have that should have been you. That that blood is like a, a transfer of what should have been. Okay. So we so that so they so they knew that that had to be them in place of the animal because those animals were there to pretty much as a sign of atonement because they had to be the one sacrificed for the sin that they committed okay and that's what I believe was the reason of them having to lay hands on on these sacrifices on on this animal so they can see and recognize and know that that should have been them okay same thing happened if we can be honest i don't know how many of you have seen that movie the passion of christ and it's a very bloody movie to be honest with you and i don't know if any of you but i know i did and i do every time i watch it when we see the part when Yeshua is being bitten and you know he's all bloody and unrecognizable pretty much because of other blood all over his body Um, the first thing that comes to your mind or the first thing that came to my mind I remember when I saw that for the first time I said to myself that should have been me isn't that what we all think when we see that when we see what Yeshua went through for our sins don't, don't you feel like doing the same thing just Lay hands and get that feeling of knowing that that should have been you, because you you're the one committing the the sin. But instead, he was the sacrifice for us. It was the same thing, just that Yeshua won and paid the ultimate price. His blood, these animals, these sacrifices here, they were pointing to the act that was coming for us when God sent his son, Joshua. But that blood was just a foreshadow of what was coming. Me and you today can still claim that blood. Me and you today can still proclaim it. And that blood has the power that the blood of those animals did not have because don't focus on the animal and the event just focus on the principle of each offering and why it had to happen that way they all point to Yeshua they all point to the ultimate sacrifice they all point to the one that once and for all when and pay for our sins amen now I want to read in the book of We're going to stay in the book of Leviticus. We're going to read about the grain offering now. Very important. That's Leviticus 2. We're going to read from verse 11. We're going to read 11 to 13. 11 through 13. Thank you, Lord. Leviticus 2, 11 through 13, the grain offering. We're going to touch on this. And it says, Every grain offering you bring to the Lord must be made without yeast. For you are not to burn any yeast or honey in an offering made to the Lord by fire. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering to, of first fruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. Okay, thank you, Lord. These verses are very short here. But there's so much that we can touch on here. First of all, I have to be honest and, and let you all know that when it comes to not being able to offer the honey, burn honey to the Lord. That to me was a little shocking, to be honest with you. Pastor Leo touching this. Um Again, remember I told you guys from the beginning that he he's been teaching us about all these offerings, you know, he's been going more in more in-depth, you know. So I I encourage you all to go back and and watch it. So when when he when he touched this, and I said, wait a minute. Why not burn the honey? Isn't the word of God honey? And I mean, there's honey all, all over the Bible when it comes to his word. So that was a little questioning for me. And as I always do, I go and I study. And, um, and I wanted to know why. And I was reading about it, and I found out, or I learned in the research that I did on this, that honey, it can be sweet, it can be good. But when you burn it, when you burn honey, it turns toxic. I say, wow, Lord. (laughs) There's always a way why (laughs) you say to do what you want us to do the way you want us to do it. So that is why honey cannot be presented to the Lord as a burnt offering. Just like the yeast... The honey, once you burn it, it becomes toxic, okay? For those that probably read this or heard this or hear me now saying it, reading it, that is why when it comes to the burn offering to the Lord by fire, honey cannot be one of them because once you burn honey, it becomes toxic. And remember, this offering had to be a sweet aroma to the Lord. So imagine burning something that be that turns toxic. That will not be a sweet aroma to the to the Lord. Not at all. Okay? So that is why. For you are not to burn any yeast or honey in an offering made to the Lord by fire. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering of the first fruit. There it is. First, you cannot, because when it comes to burning it, it's no longer good to bring to the Lord. But you can sure bring honey itself as a first fruit, like it says here. But they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. Okay? So in order for that to be a pleasing aroma, it must be something that is presentable to the Lord. So that is why, church, we cannot burn or honey was not acceptable to bring as a burnt offering to the Lord because it turns toxic once you burn it. Amen? Now, let's move on to verse 13. It says, season all your grain offerings with salt. With salt do not leave the salt of the covenant what is the salt of the covenant the salt of the covenant is an agreement made by two or more parties okay that is meant to be perpetual or forever uncorruptible okay very important that is what the salt covenant is and I, I believe that, that it's only found like three times in the Bible. You know, that salt covenant, I believe the Lord made it with um, King David. Yes, King David and his descendants, okay? And it's very interesting to know that that salt covenant, it, it's an agreement made by two or more. Two or more. And when there is two or more, In His name, there He is. Amen? That is why we have to stay in covenant, church. Not just any covenant. The salt covenant is very important. Amen? Now, like I said before, we do not have a living, a physical temple. But remember that our body, our temple must be presented, the Word says, as a living doesn't say a living thing or a living so and so. It says a living korban, a living sacrifice. Meaning that yes, we still have to bring that sacrifice before the Lord. Amen. Another thing, you might say to yourself, I do not have to sacrifice anything. Like I have heard people say, I do not have to do anything. Yeshua went to the cross and he did everything already. He paid everything. Nobody's arguing that. We know he went to the cross. We know he's our ultimate sacrifice. We know his blood cleanses from all iniquity. But we also know that, yes, there is a cost. Okay? There is a cost. And that cost can be our flesh. Okay? Okay? Because if we can be honest, that can cost us to sacrifice our flesh, okay? So every time you do, you pay that cost, okay? It can be our own desires, okay? And it can be sometimes even friends and family. Why? Because we have to say no to certain gathering and things that involve doing things that are not pleasing to the Lord. Remember that we've been learning um all these weeks with Pastor Leo and even this portion is is teaching us that even if you happen to be there or just be part of it, whether you know it or not, we're considered guilty. Okay. We made we made our we we made ourselves known of what was going on, okay? And that can be costly to us because we have to say no. So, yes, there is a cost still. We should obey the word of God entirely, entirely, entirely. The cost can be that. Our flesh, our own desires, and even having to turn away from people that will lead you to do things that are not pleasing to the Lord. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Father. Now we're going to move on to the book of Hebrews. We're going to be reading a very controversial topic and verse here. Because when I was reading this, it reminded me of conversations that I have had with people. And... Please pay attention, and and if you have your Bible, read along with me because we're going to be stopping as we read, okay? We're going to be reading Hebrews 10. We're going to read from 5, verse 5 to 25, okay? And this is about the sacrifice that was made once and for all once and for all once and for you and for me and all humanity amen make sure you understand that okay once and for all humanity so let's read hebrews 10 i'm gonna start reading in verse 5. Amen. And he says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, remember who said this was Christ, okay? Therefore, when Christ came into the world, into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Remember, we're in the book of Hebrews, and we just read about this in the Torah, in the book of Levitics. Okay? Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Here, Christ is saying that he came to do the will of God. Amen. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will he set aside the first to establish the second. And by that, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You and me and all humanity, amen? Again, he set aside the first to establish the second. We know, or we should know and understand that Yeshua was the first and will be, he was, he is, and will be the second coming. Okay? Now, if we look up the biblical definition of the word establish, Okay? Remember that it says here that he sets aside the first to establish the second. Okay? And we understand that Yeshua was the first. He is and will be the second coming. Amen? Now, the biblical meaning of that word establish is to place something securely and permanently in a position situation or condition okay the biblical meaning of that word established is to place something securely and permanently in a position situation or condition okay now we understand that joshua was the first okay and he will be the second coming now if we define this verse right here based on the definition of established because when people read this they understand that it was already done with he sets aside the first to establish the second and the definition of establish is to place something securely permanently in a position situation or condition so now we can say that Yeshua is permanently placed and positioned at the right hand of the Father for the situation that took place at the cross where His blood was shed, making us holy through the sacrifice of His body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Joshua. We're going to keep reading. And by that will we have been made Holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Very important to understand that. Has nothing to do with getting doing away with. Amen? Let's move on to verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never make away sins. We just explained that the sacrifices with those animals, that blood did not have the power to take away any sins, only the blood of Yeshua. That's why I said, do not focus on the animals and what took place, but the principle of it, that it all points to Yeshua. Amen. But when this priest had offered for all, time one sacrifice for sins he sat down at the right hand of god since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his full stool because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those those who are being made holy now we're going to see as we continue reading who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time. After what time? Remember, this is the Holy Spirit testifying as well. And before that, Joshua had ascended to heaven already. He left us the Holy Spirit to guide us. So if Yeshua didn't want us to follow him and follow the law the way he did, he didn't have to send the Holy Spirit to tell us that he will will make a covenant with with us and he will put his laws in our hearts and he will write them on, on our minds. Just think about that. This is after the fact. This is the Holy Spirit the one that Yeshua sent after he ascended to the Father, okay? The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts will remember, I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Just just think just meditate on this, okay? After placing after making a covenant with us, okay, after putting the laws in our hearts and writing them in our minds, then he acts. Their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. Of course, there's no need to do so because that's why putting the law in our hearts, okay? And writing them in our minds will lead us to, to strive daily, to not break the law, to not violate the commandments, to not act careless of the sacrifice that Yeshua made for us, the only thing we all have to do is to honor the one that did it. That's all we have to do. There is no more sacrifices. That is correct. We do not have to do make any sacrifice, but we do have to honor the one that did the one that went and paid the ultimate price for us. And uh, when we do that, if we can be honest, that is a sacrifice that we make. Amen? Verse 18, And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin, just honoring the one that went and paid. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is that, that is his body and since we have a great priest over the house of God let us draw near to God here we see it let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our heart sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty consciousness and having our bodies washed with pure water. If we read this, let's let's go to the book of James, James 4, 8. Remember that we just read here, verse 22. Let us draw near to God. Now let's go to the book of James 4, 8. It's the next book. James 4.8. Okay, we stopped at verse 22 where it says, let us draw near to God. Now, how do we do that? James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. How? Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So we must wash our hands, we must purify our hearts, and we must be of one mindset, not double-minded. If you compare that verse to this, listen to what verse 22 says in Hebrew 5. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Now back to James 4, 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Here comes the washing. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Compare the verse to that. And it's the same thing. that is how we draw near. Okay? We have to purify our hearts. How do we do that? By trying daily to walk in obedience to his commandments. Because that's the only thing, if we can be honest, that's going to lead us to cleanse ourselves. Okay? There's nothing in this world that will lead us to do that if we can be honest. Assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscious and having our body washed with pure water. Let us hold on swervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful, hallelujah. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, meaning congregating, As some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Church, and that day that is approaching are the end times, the times that we are in now. So if you're going to take something from this message tonight, let it be. That even in these days that are approaching, we are to encourage one another to congregate. We are to encourage one another to follow Yeshua the way God wants us to follow him. Not the way we want to. Okay? Remember, he was our ultimate sacrifice. We do not have to sacrifice anything else but give our temple ourselves as a living sacrifice. How do we do that? Obeying his commandments. How do we do that? Teaching Torah. How do we do that? Walking in love, compassion, mercy, and grace. All I'm doing by saying these things is describing Yeshua, the one that we are to follow, okay? He spoke the Torah. He walked the Torah. Even after he ascended to the Father, We see here how he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, to put the law in our hearts and in our minds, okay? Meaning that we we were to continue his walk. We were to follow him and follow his footsteps, okay? And just because we don't sacrifice anything, don't think that it's okay that we have a green light to sin because we do done one thing that is for sure is that we do not know the day the time or the hour and you want to make sure that when he comes he finds you either on your knees even if he's asking for repentance at that very moment but we must confess our sin we must come to the lord and 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 ask them even if if we have to to expose them when we have that time that communion with god You and the Lord, sometimes we think that we can come to the Lord and and bring up what we want to so that way he doesn't know the other stuff. He knows everything. He knows it all. He knows why your intentions are, why you want to present before him, and why you're trying to hold back on. He knows everything. When it comes to sin, church, we must confess them before the Lord because that's where our deliverance will come. That's where we're going to be able to draw near him. And that's when we're going to defeat the enemy because the enemy, yes, will bring guilt to your mind. So that way you feel so guilty that you don't see the point of confessing your sin, but that is where your deliverance is. And that is where you're going to come clean before the Lord and be able to draw near him. And another thing that I wanted to point out in regards to not having to bring any sacrifices before the Lord anymore, um, we do have a sacrifice that we bring every time we come before the Lord, and that is Yeshua. Because when we come before the Lord, He sees that sacrifice, He sees that korban, He sees Him before He can see us. So yes, that is our sacrifice that we bring before the Lord in order for Him to see us and accept our our repentance and our and and our plea to. For him to forgive us, because if we go on our own without that intercessor, without Yeshua in the middle, or without Yeshua standing coming before us, trust me that we won't even be able to get near at all. Okay, so very important to know that we do have a sacrifice that we still bring before the Lord when we come in communion, and that is Yeshua. That is why even when we pray, we must do it in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank you all. I went past a little. Praise God. I didn't have to pick up my son today. So um, I hope you guys learned something. I hope um, this was a blessing. I hope you're able to share it with others. And I hope you understand and, and, and be encouraged that, the book of Leviticus is not something that, that you cannot read or follow along or, or learn from. You know, we have learned so much from it. Um, if we can only focus on the fact that God's intention always was to present salvation for the Israelites by using other elements and and other objects, amen? But all always points to our ultimate sacrifice sure thank you lord for this time thank you father thank you thank you lord thank you i'm so grateful thank you lord because you you truly heard my prayer about being nervous at the beginning and and i can i can see i can experience i can feel i can perceive your shalom I, I personally thank you lord thank you i give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and as we finish this teaching lord i pray that that everyone connected was able to receive was able to to learn something new from you lord and that is able to share the teaching and for those that have not seen it or watched it that when they do lord you 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 speak to them as well lord and that your word be of a transformation for them, for their minds, for their hearts, Lord. Thank you, Abba. Thank you for the opportunity that you give me to be able to share your word and teach your word. I give you praise. I give you honor. I exalt your holy name. I give you thanks, Lord. Very grateful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen.